Awakening the faithful, reaching the lost, and making church matter. Welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. If you love your parish, listen to this podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. My name is Kelly and I am your host. I'm joined by Tom. How are you doing today, Tom? Good, Kelly. We're summer. Summer is finally here. <laughs> so, finally. So, um, you know, a little bit of a vacation time. So for me, that's uh, usually two weeks in June. So T- Two weeks? Yes, I'm wow. huge on that. Yeah. Uh, it's something I, and we go to Avalon, New Jersey. Uh, Avalon or Stone Harbor, so that's kind of a Philly shore. Nice. Philly, the, down the shore. Is what down they say down in the Philly. shore? Okay. That's what they say in Philly. But it's up. Don't, isn't it up? It's down the shore from Philly. Down the shore. Okay. So here gotcha. it's kind of like actually parallel to Baltimore. Oh, it's yeah. It's kind of interesting to look at a map. You kind of have to go big, this big U. Oh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I'm really big on two weeks. And I, I'm, I've, because one week never seems enough. It's like mm-hmm. going to the beach. I love the beach, first of all. I love being at the beach. Uh, I think the ocean, uh, just the depth and the power, I think just speaks of God's power every Vastness time I'm there. of it, yeah. Yeah. And um, do you sit on the beach or do you play? Do you swim? I love to do and, all of it. Yeah. Okay. I, I love all of it. And I would love to, like, one day, I never, I, you know, go to, like, the beach, like, early in the I love the beach early in the morning. Early. There's nothing like it. I, but I love it late at night. I love it in the evening. <laughs> I love to go walk at night when I see the stars. I love to be there during the day. I like, I would, and you can't take all of it because you need, like, a break from it. But, like, I just love it at every single different That's time of the day. Really cool. Um, and uh, so, and I do two weeks because you know it's like the first. If you do one week, it's like the first week, you're you're getting there on that first Saturday. Or mm-hmm. actually, I have a Friday to Friday rental, but which is even better. But if you know if it's Saturday, you're getting there with moving seven kids, packing up. Right. It's so stressful. Like I'm so tense until we <laughs> actually get out the door, and then like by Wednesday, you're like. Oh, I got to think start about going up. home. I know you're doing like a load of laundry. Yeah. And well, whereas... I think you just convinced me I need to go for two weeks. <laughs> I don't understand why not everybody does it. Like I will, I preach that I'll preach the gospel and then I'll preach two week vacation <laughs> and the two weeks. It's just, and especially working weekends, it's like I get to enjoy that first week. And then when that second weekend's coming around, I'm just like, Oh, it's so nice. That is so, fascinating. Yeah, It's so important. And I will say to people like, do not talk to me. I will not answer email. Yeah. You know, That's the only time a- of the year on you staff, do that. You know, yeah. one time she texted me like, Hey, sorry, text. Like you can text me later. You can text me whenever you want, except when I am on vacation, those two weeks, you just, you can't. And I, I, I actually use a little bit of a kind of, I ask God to refresh me and renew me for the year ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, hey, God, I think you've called me to this. Yeah. Maybe you want me to go do something else. And I don't really think that's that's the way. Although there's been some years where I'm like, God, please call me to something else. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's just God, I ask you to refresh and renew me in these two weeks and take, you know. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I, I get a verse um, where God just, nice. it just pops out at me because, you know, you have more of the casual time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, for me, it's hopefully trying to connect with family. Um, I never quite do as much as I want to do with the kids. I mean, I'm, I'm with the kids around, but, you know, I kind of want to give each kid special time or yeah. something. And it doesn't quite happen as much as I want. But just, yeah, I am so much on two weeks. You have really convinced me about the two weeks. <laughs> will you tell my husband next time sure, you talk I to will. him? Sure, I will. tell Jeremy. How important two yeah, weeks is. Yeah, and, and, and the one, every year I've done one week, I'm like, so a couple of years ago, I took my son to Montana. So I took a week to do that. And I only did one week. I'm like, nope, uh, I didn't work for it you. It doesn't huh? work. It's wow. just not the same thing. Wow. And um, even so, if I ever do anything like that, I'll take the two weeks vacation take, at take the beach, it. and I'll go to Montana. Yeah. You know, like for my other sons. I'm just so anyway. We do I'm a huge. week at the beach. We do a week in the Outer Banks. This year, we might just go to Ocean City, Maryland. But um, we always do a week because vacation to us means like 
junk food and I can't <laughs> do that for two weeks. So I'd have to have a healthier vacation if I'm going to do two weeks. So it's funny. I, I, mine probably balances out because I'm doing junk food, eating probably not too healthy, but I, I, I'm pretty active on vacation. Yeah. So I'm riding a bike. I'm mm, going for runs. I'm, I'm lazy on vacation. Out. So I'm, yeah, we're walking back and forth from the beach. Walk, I love walking around. So mm. Uh, well, I could talk to you this whole podcast about the <laughs> yeah, beach. I didn't know you know, were such a beach lover. That's oh, awesome. Oh, I love it. And it's funny. I didn't go. Like, sorry. We're like, That's but okay. I, my my mom hates the beach. So. Oh, you didn't go growing up. We then. didn't go growing up. And then it's just when we had kids, I'm like, we ought to do something. So I went to the beach and. Yeah. My wife loves it. Mia loves it. She's, she, she, yeah. And I guess that's what really works is we both just yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. And so oh, anyway, awesome. sorry to talk about. Well, I'm glad extend, you're going to have this first segment a little bit. Fantastic <laughs> vacation this summer, Tom. All right. So we've been talking about the three core strategies for, um, for our church, focus on unchurched people. That's Timonium Tim for us. Create a great weekend experience, which we talked about in our last podcast. So if you missed that, you can go back and give that a listen. And then um, this month, we're going to talk about shaping a clear discipleship path um, for your prisoners. It's, it's important to do that for lots of different reasons. And so let's, let's jump right in. What, what's the, what's our mission, Tom? And how does that relate to creating a discipleship path? Right. Well, so this goes back to where the churches exist to make disciples. And I think everything should be doing that. Everything we should do and should somehow um, support that. Support that. Yeah. You know, some people ask me, what do you guys do for faith formation? And my answer is everything. Everything. If we're not, That's if it's a not great answer, if it's not forming faith in some way, why are we doing why, it? Why do it? Now, again, sometimes people are, for, you know, are further back. Like if we're trying to reach Tim, we have to understand maybe we do some things, but the whole point is to get him started on a faith journey. So everything's faith formation. So, you know, I love, I love you know, one church has turned irreligious people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, well, what's our plan to do that? <laughs> How are we turning right. irreligious people a great statement, into but... fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ? We need a plan to do that. Mm-hmm. And again, that starts by reaching Tim. But once we get Tim on the discipleship path, what are we doing with him? Um, and that's what we're talking about. Shape a clear discipleship path. So how do we even start to do that? Where well, did we start? Well, I think where we started was sort of... Um, just we fell into it by looking at churches like Saddleback yeah. Church and other churches and what were they doing? And they, I don't even know if they, they wouldn't have defined it even in that way. You know, at Saddleback, they talk about the five purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, North Point talks about different environments they have. But essentially, um, you know, some of the things that we fell into were doing small groups and getting people to volunteer in ministry. We started with those two things. And then later, you were part of a team that kind of came yeah. and, and branded that and kind of codified uh, is that the right way to say that? Sure. <laughs> Codify <laughs> what it is we are asking people to do. I mean, one thing you can start by doing is just by what helped you grow as a follower of Christ. Um, so, I mean, are there, are there things you point to that, that sure. help you? Sure. I mean, the biggest thing for me was what I would call a small group. I was doing a women's Bible study that was um, really excellent. It was it was just a great, every study we did was really great, but I was, but the great part about it was that I was part of a group right. um, that stayed together year after year. And, you know, we all supported each other and loved each other. And it was the first time I'd ever had any kind of experience like that. And so I guess small group and, and prayer and scripture reading were probably the, the biggest things for me. Okay. So pray, who taught you to pray? How'd you learn to pray? Well, that's interesting. I mean, I went to Catholic school for eight years. So, I mean, I can say in our father and Hail prayers. Mary, like mm-hmm. nobody's business, but when I was doing that, um, that small group, it was at a non-denominational, um, 
church here in Timonium and a friend had invited me. It was on Wednesday mornings and they prayed. Um, they just, they just all prayed out loud. It was the norm for them to pray out loud, just talking to God. And that was very unfamiliar to me. It was very uncomfortable for me, but the longer you do it, the more comfortable you you get. And so, um, that's how I learned to pray. Okay. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, going, we talked about my, for me, I talked about going to Saddleback church, which Mm -hmm. was huge in my life. And they talked about the five purposes, which are sort of connected to this worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and evangelization. And, um, you know, I kind of thought about my own life. I remember when I heard about those and worship was going to mass every single, every single week. Now, I don't know if I was worshiping for a long time, right? but the whole idea of we need corporate worship, um, and then fellowship in small groups, you know, relationships. And I really thought my faith took off, you know, I had a foundation from my parents, but my faith really took off when I met my wife, Mia, and there was somebody for the first time that I talked about faith with, and that helped my faith grow. So that kind of relationship idea. Um, discipleship, mm-hmm. which I think a better way to put it, I, I like the way North Point puts it, is uh, personal disciplines uh, or private disciplines. And uh, personal, how do they say it? Personal or private? I don't know. <laughs> they say Sorry. it that way. But anyway, you have some personal private disciplines, we'll say both, okay. that you bring into your life. And some of that would be prayer or fasting or giving or things mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, when personal prayer, when I started reading the year before I came to Nativity, I was reading all the time, you know, I was reading a lot of Peter Kreeft and C.S. Lewis, and that mm-hmm. just helped me grow my faith. And, um, you know, so that was, that was key. Coming here to work at Nativity was key, that when suddenly you're ministering and serving in the church and people are counting on you, and, and that grew my faith in many different ways. And, um, you know, anytime I've, I've prayed for somebody else to come into the church or try to share my faith with others, those are opportun- you know, ways I've grown. It's probably the least way I've grown in the sense of, because I probably haven't put that into practice enough yet. Mm-hmm. But those are just some, so you can reflect on your own own story of how you grew in faith. And then we want to put that into practice for everybody else, basically. Right. And often we're going to care Give them about, opportunities to do those great things that, that inspired us to want to follow Christ more closely. And I think what happens in the church often is, you know, one of the ways we always say is prayer. Because it seems pretty obviously that prayer. Yeah. Prayer, just prayer. <laughs> Pray. And Pray that's the part it. and that's the part of the problem is what does that mean? How do right. we training and teaching people? And that's a hard thing for sure. Yeah. But we it always kind of just goes down to that one practice, but there's a lot more ways in which our faith grows. And the problem is in our church, I think, is that we've all kind of just gone to that and we haven't really trained people even how to pray. Right. And we just say it's all prayer. But that's certainly not the case. And if you reflect on your own life, you'll see that it's been a lot more than prayer uh, that are out there. I, I, you know, as I said, Saddleback would say the five purposes. North Point has a great series called Five Ways to Grow Your Faith. And again, they, they point to some of the things we'll talk about here, but, you know, I think they call it a personal ministry, private disciplines. They talk about pivotal circumstances, that there's sometimes just circumstances where life is difficult and God, you know, you're going to lean into God when you're having a hard time. Um, uh, you know, personal relationships and things like that. So there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. Our point would be, look at it. <laughs> look at it. Yeah. Have a plan. And have a plan. And, and the plan needs to be clear and simple, right? Like prayer isn't always simple, but it, the plan should be very clear to people. And I guess we're going to get into that, but it should be very clear to people. It should be easy, I guess, to, yes. to get in. It should be easy to take the first step. Right. So the first thing we, <clears throat> we, we need to do we, is figure out what do we want people to do? What are we, what is the path and what are the, the critical steps we think or critical mm-hmm. 
parts or elements of that discipleship path. Right. And again, we could debate about all of those in many sure. different ways. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we're going to defend ours because yeah. I think they're right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but what do we want people to do? And again, if you, if you looked at the average church bulletin, you would look at that and say, if I was an alien from outer space, okay, I guess there's about 300 things I got to do to be a disciple. And right. they're, they and mean, bingo is included <laughs> and yeah. Friday night dinner is included in that. Yeah, and... or fish fry or, or whatever, <laughs> selling things or bringing in stuff, you know, bringing in baby bottles for the pro-life group or right. w- there's a million different things. A million. Well, yeah. What is it that I need to do at Grow as a Disciple? And we want to, we need to be clear about that. Yeah. There's a lot of good things we can be doing. But what do we want our people to do because we think it's helping them grow as a follower of Jesus Christ? So once we determine that, then there's two other steps we got to take. we got to, one, clearly and creatively communicate it over and over and over and over again. Yes. I know this drives you nuts. I, (laughs) And I don't know if we do as creatively as we should. So I'll give you that out. You want to be creative. I just want it to be creative. I want it to look a little bit different. And, but I get it. Like people don't, remember it they don't hear it the same way every like if we do a series every year on on discipleship which I guess we would argue that you should um or that every series has some sprinkling of that in it throughout the entire year um that I I mean I want to see it more creatively done but I, I agree with you that we have to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it because people hear it differently every time and and I know even for myself the you know, fifth time I heard get involved, I finally did it. Right. Right. And so what if you hadn't said it? What if you said, no, we've already told these people four times to get involved. We're not going to tell them again. I may never, I wouldn't even be here right now. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so I, I, I understand it can get dry to us and we need to keep refreshing it, but so clearly and creatively communicated over and over again. Yes. Uh, now, most places, I don't think the over and over again is they're not there yet. Right. And, and we're, I've well, you just have gotten to, there, you quite have, honestly. You yeah, guys have just gotten absolutely. sick of hearing it. Like we, <laughs> and if you're sick of hearing it, I, see, I take that somewhat. That's as, good. I yeah. somewhat take it as a compliment. That means yeah. we're doing it over enough. Now, yeah. I, I agree with the creativity, so I take that as a challenge. Yeah. Okay. Uh, awesome. So there you Great. go. Great. Can't wait for the next discipleship path series. <laughs> <laughs> and so clearly and creatively communicate over again, and then we got to establish systems that make it easy for people to walk right. those paths. Yeah, you can't start communicating it until you have this clear, simple path until you've thought about it and came up with it, right? You don't right. want to just start communicating before you've come up with this clear, simple path of wh- exactly what you want people to do. It's definitely better. Yeah, for sure. So or you got to be very clear about what you want people to do. You can't create it. You can't communicate it clearly till you know what people want to do. Right. And you can't ask them to do it unless you have some system and structure. Yeah. Now, whatever system and structure you have, it won't be good. It won't, it will right. be imperfect. That's right. It will not Ours be great. Ours still is imperfect and we've worked on it for years, but it's better than it used to be. Right. And you'll find yeah. holes and you can't wait till it's perfect because you'll never do it. Right. right. But you, uh, but make it easy for people to walk in the steps or walk in the path you're trying to, to do. So, you know, we talk about prayer and I guess we'll get, we'll get we're up against a break, but all right, we'll go. We'll stop. There. Okay, so yeah, we're <laughs> going to take a quick break, but on the other side, we will talk about what the discipleship path looks like here in our parish. We'll be right back. The re- 
Rebuilt Field Guide will lead you and your leadership team through assessment and goal-setting exercises that will help you revitalize your church. The workbook offers practical steps that will bring your team together so that you can affect change in your parish. If you know your parish needs to change or want to introduce the principles of Rebuilt, but you don't know where to start, the Rebuilt Field Guide is the perfect resource. You can order the Field Guide from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and at Ave Maria Press. Welcome back to the Rebuilt Podcast. We are talking today about shaping a clear discipleship path for um, your parishioners so they can become fully devoted followers of Christ. And so here at Nativity, just that. (laughs) Yeah, no big deal. (laughs) Sorry, Kelly. I I, I messed up your flow. No, here at Nativity, we we started that process, I don't know, three, three or four years ago. And and a bunch of us just got a bunch of us got in a room and just started talking about um, what other churches are doing. We we talked about Saddleback and North Point. We looked at um, how they, you know, uh, communicate it, how they created it, why, and we came up with our very own sort of iteration of that. Yeah, and just to say, we were doing some things already. Part of your process because I wasn't part of this team. You were. You guys were looking at what we were already doing. Yes, we were. What, you weren't making. It we from were. Scratch. I think we probably were doing um, a lot of these things already, but we didn't have any name to it. We didn't have any process for it. We didn't know how to communicate it. We were just randomly communicating. Yeah, hey, get in a small group. Um, you know, the Bible says to tithe, so you should be tithing. Like we were just we were communicating it, but um, this sort of this way that we came up with just made it really clear and easy. To communicate and it became part of the vernacular of our church which um we called it steps which um i think brian came up with that we struggled over that for a long time we wanted it to be an acronym so bad because um, <laughs> it's got to be an acronym churchy so so we came up with the steps what are they tom well just to say, before even getting into those okay i was just say under notes number B or number B, letter B. Okay. <laughs> I always do that. Number B. <laughs> B is a letter. I know what you meant. Uh, our steps build both personal faith and build the church corporately. Ooh, okay. Say more about that. So we believe, first of all, it builds people's personal faith that in taking these steps, they're going to grow in their own personal relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. They're going to grow as a follower of Christ. And these steps are absolutely essential. And I always joke, you know, now some people might say, well, you forgot something. You know, Dallas Willard talks, there is no complete list of spiritual disciplines. Mm. Um, I think these kind of include encompass all of them, right. I would argue. That's what I would argue too. Um, so they're going to build personal faith, but they're going to build the church corporately. That as people do these things personally, mm-hmm. the flip side is there's a corporate nature to it. It's going to build the church. And I think that's, to me, that, again, that shows the kind of richness of them, that they're going to grow. Always what we're asking is that they grow personally and then the corporate body of the church is growing together because we're part of a community. And right. both those things need to go together. So that, that's, that's what I mean by those. Okay. So if our, we steps is an acronym, as you mentioned. So yeah. it means serve in ministry or missions, tithe and give, engage in a small group, practice prayer and sacraments, and last to share your faith. The hardest one. <laughs> I don't know. We've talked about on our staff, we've talked about which one is the hardest one for each of us. Um, I think share your faith is hard for a lot of people, but it wasn't everybody's. I mean, some people it was tithe. Some people don't necessarily love to serve. Um, so anyway, all right, well, let's let's go through them. Um, the first one that you mentioned was serve in a ministry or missions. Right. So 
and this is who, again, this is all about helping us reflect the character of Christ or how Jesus asks us to grow. So Jesus said, <clears throat> Jesus said about himself, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So we want to teach people to be servants. And that obviously means your whole life everywhere, um, at home, at work, that kind of thing. Right. But we want to be practicing here in church as a church. And so there's two different places where you can serve. So you can serve in ministry here on campus at Nativity. And we mentioned that in our last podcast, lots of different ways. We have lots of different ministries to get involved in. And then you can also serve outside of the parish. And we call that missions. And so we have local missions. We have uh, missions that are outside of this country. We have um, some missions that are just in different states nearby. And so lots of, of different opportunities, but they all fall under those categories. So that's the first, you know, we think in some way you got to be serving. And we say ministry or missions. I mean, both would be better. <clears throat> sure. <laughs> but we understand people have limited time. And so as people are getting involved here, this kind of goes make, making it accessible. We say pick one and start serving. Right. And hopefully maybe you'll be moved at some point to do the other one. To so do the other. I'm, I'm being, trying to get there. <clears throat> me too. <laughs> I'm being asked to go to Kenya. Oh, my actually. gosh. Yes. I'm going to make a decision soon on that, actually. Oh. So. You've been asked to go to Kenya this summer. Uh, the fall. Okay, in the fall. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a big. That's a biggie. I, <laughs> I haven't gotten there. They've been asked to go to Haiti a couple of times. Not asked to go, but like asked to apply to go to Haiti. Yeah, we got to apply. We're not. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They have to interview me. I don't just get to go because I'm on staff. Um, but yeah, I'm really nervous about it. But I know that I need to consider it. So, all right. And so, um, anything else about serving in ministry and mission? We talk about a lot more about that, but I yeah. guess we'll move on for time. Okay. All right. So the T in steps stands for ties. So this is a tough one, a tough one to talk about, but Tom, you love talking about this. <laughs> Tie than give. Well, I do because again, we talk about our own stories. You have a great, yeah, you have a great story. It to totally us. changed my life on that. And, and, um, I really believe this is such a huge one for so many people that, you know, money is such a source of comfort or source of power and strength yeah, for is. people. And to surrender that is a huge putting our trust in God. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus said, you know, 2000 years ago that the greatest competitor God faces for your heart is not the devil. You cannot serve both God and mammon is what Jesus said. So money, money. your stuff. And that's the greatest competitor God faces for our, our hearts. And now Jesus said that 2,000 years ago Jeez, in a largely yeah. agrarian society. Mm -hmm. How much more is it a problem for our world where every day we're being marketed to like, you know, no other culture in the history of the world and about different things we can have. And if we just have this, we'll be happy. And so it, it's even bigger in our day. And so, and again, just from my own personal story, the reason it's so important is I really, I really believe that as people release that, they're they can take huge strides in putting yeah. their faith and trust in God. So do you know that I regularly open up my computer and look at my bank account like several times a week? Is that normal? Yeah, that's not normal. Oh, it's not normal. No, it's not abnormal. Oh, it's not abnormal. Okay. No, I, I do that. Like too. It's just stare at my money. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing air quotes. Sure. It, every Friday, I mean, every Friday I look at my account and yeah. I mean, some of you guys just good financial management. Well, I need, sure. to, I yeah, need yeah, to manage yeah. cash flow. And sure. That's my job. I'm, that's the, I'm the person that does that. So, right. but yeah, but no, I, but I, I do it for up. comfort. Like I feel good about it. Especially when I, I usually I, don't feel good about it. Well, <laughs> that's good. I, I, I was, know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I didn't quite finish my sentence. I feel good about it when they're on payday. When I see it, I just want to look at it. Yeah. 
I no, no. I, it's it's I totally I really like it. I really like money. Okay. Let's, <laughs> so, let's go on. This isn't no, about I me. Think that, that's huge. No, it's huge. That's everybody. That's not yeah. just you. You know, yeah. I, I had a friend that said, um, and I thought this was so true, and he was acknowledging as a way to grow spiritually. He's like, I feel better when I have more money in my bank account, right? Yeah. yeah. And that seems like, yeah, of course you would. But Jesus is saying, don't feel good because you have money in your bank account. Feel good because, you know, your heavenly father loves you and will care for you and provide right. for your needs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> You've know. been saved. Well, I know, but I need money. <laughs> right. You need money to, to live, live right so now. This is why to put it in God's hands and to be constantly going, you know, and tithing, we say tithe and give. Most of our parishioners don't give 10%. You know, tithing is 10%. Yeah. We understand most of our parishioners. So we talk about giving plan, priority, percentage givers, and growing people in that. No, say those three things again. Sorry, I said this real fast. Plan. Yeah. We want everyone to become a plan giver. Just, you know. Make in a plan. In Corinthians, Paul says, do not, you know, I don't want you, I want you to think about what, I'm coming to visit you, and I want you to give money for the church in Jerusalem. I want you to think about it first. Mm. I'm writing to this so you can think about it in advance. Mm. So we want people who are planning their giving, who yeah. think about their money is not their money, but yeah. as God's money and how God do you want me to use it? So plan priority that in their budgets, I'm going to give to God first before I put anything else in my budget. Right. And a lot, that's it's a lot easier. Leftovers. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot easier in today with the automatic giving and worshiping, mm -hmm. you know, and we call it automatic worship offering, but you know, even Elect all our, so many of our electronic bills, transfer, kind you know, of thing. and yeah. so many of my bills are paid yeah. that way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then percentage givers, what percentage are you giving? So yeah. keeping in mind the, the biblical standard of the tie, 10%, Give that away. And I, I think we would say start with 1%, 2%, 3%, sure. trying yeah. to make it accessible. Mm -hmm. I've been working my way up over the last several years. There you go. So Started good. at 2 or 3%. I've been trying to work my way up. I'm not at 10% yet, but I'll get there. That's awesome. No, yeah. I, and that's about growing. We could have different arguments and discussions about that, but that's where we've landed for right yeah. now. Right. Um, so, no, I don't think on the I do. I do the same thing. Yeah. And, like, every Friday I look at what's my retirement, what's my yeah. – again, for me, that was – before 40, I never did that. But what's on retirement? Yeah, what's I don't in my think capital? I did either, my, actually. You know, my savings account. What's in my checking? You know, yeah. Just yep. So anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, in our our steps acronym, the E stands for engage in a small group. And so why is this important for us, Tom? Well, we need friends in faith. Um, you know, peer pressure. You work in student ministry, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peer pressure isn't just a student thing. No. <laughs> no. If we're honest, we're, we're going to be influenced by our yeah. friends. Yeah. Well, so. look at us. We're both feeling pressured to go on a mission trip. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the good. And I kind of want to go. That's the good positive peer pressure. If someone hadn't pressured me, I probably wouldn't even be thinking about it. No. So, right. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to be the same person you are five years from now, except for the books you've read and the people you interact with. So, mm. um, Romans 111 says, I will learn from your faith. And you will learn from mine. So uh, Thessalonians, I don't, it's Second Thessalonians, I believe. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very lives because you've become so dear to us that the, the you know, we're, com you know, community. We're made for community. We're made for relationships because we're yeah. made in the image of a triune God who is a community. And so if that's not part of our spiritual growth, we're not growing. I, and I would say probably, you know, it's funny, probably all <laughs> of these five um, mm -hmm. so many are neglected in the church. I'm trying to think what's more neglected, the idea of need for relationships or finances or share your faith as we get to, but I think, I don't know, you can make an argument, all three of these things are so three. neglected in yeah. our church. And, you, you know, but and this is where I would, I would argue for these steps and how important they are, but this is definitely one missing that we don't, we don't leverage. And I guess we found in Saddleback and other churches, the evangelical churches, we're leveraging this reality 
that were made for relationships. Right. Um, well, I, and that this is where a lot of life change happens. Like this is where we see people, you know, raising up other people in prayer and getting them through really difficult times. And, and it's just, it's so important. And, and, and go back to the last one for the, the finance, the giving, mm -hmm. we find our best, if you're in a small group, you're much more likely to be a generous giver to this church. Wow. So it, that, that if, if you wanted to say, what's the number one thing to predict whether somebody will be a giver to our church and give it a pretty good, you know, and give sacrificially or, you know, we don't know what's sacrificial, but you know, right. Be a solid giver to our church. If you're in a small group, really, hand in hand. we yep. have analytics on that. Yes. Wow. That's incredible. Well, yes. there you go, church. <laughs> get, get small groups going. There you go. Start with small groups. <laughs> okay. Well, small groups are amazing. And you know, another thing, and we could talk about this. Oh, we don't have time. I just, I just wanted to say that like when your pastor preaches about it from the pulpit, it's just such a big deal. It just really, um, really helps out the whole vision for that. So anyway, let's move on to the, the next P is practice prayer and sacraments. Do you want to say more about that? Cause you kind of put that together. So practice prayer and sacraments. Yeah. Cause you guys chose that word, that phrasing. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to say, anything. I don't, <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, prayer is obvious. I mean, everyone, and, you know, you gotta yeah. pray. The catechism says those who pray are certainly saved. Those who don't are certainly damned. So there you go. If you want prayer. And so for us, I know that like the first step for that was just signing up for our worship fully, which is an email that goes out every day. But right. that's, that's just a first step. I mean, the prayer can go, you can just go really deep into that. And that's one of those, I mean, we haven't done a series on prayer or sacraments, but that's one that you sprinkle throughout all of your, obviously all of your messages throughout the year, all of your homilies. Yeah. I don't think we need to defend that too much. No, but we just put practice because we're supposed to prayer is not supposed to be something you just do and move on, but right. you put whatever you discover in prayer, put into practice. Right. In your and life. same with the sacraments. And right. Exactly. To yeah. Practice going to mass and, and put the, make those things habits. All right. And then the final S is to share your faith. Arguably this one's going to be really hard yeah. for a lot of people. We try to make it easy by just saying invest and invite. Invest yeah. in people who do not share your faith by investing in people who do not have a relationship with Christ or his church or have become unconnected to Christ in the church. Invest in them. You have a relationship with many people through work, your family, co-work, you know, work, family, friends, and when appropriate, invite them to come join us. Right. And that's it. I mean, that's pretty easy. Like we'll do the rest of the work for you. You don't have to talk about Jesus. You don't have to memorize the new Testament and, and, and spout Bible verses to them. You don't have to do that. You, you can just invite them to church and right. then we'll try to do the rest for you. Right. Which goes back to last week's, uh, our last month's podcast, mm -hmm. created a great weekend experience. So that's right. We're working on that for you. We're working on that together. To invite your friend. All right, so um, we're going to come right back after this quick break and wrap up. The Rebuilt Parish Association provides resources and advice to help you rebuild your parish. Included in membership are resources for student programs, children's programs, and small group materials. Also included are homilies so that you can easily do message series that match the liturgical year. Father Brian Mason from St. Mary's Parish in Hales Corner, Wisconsin states, we based our homilies over several weeks on the Expect Miracles message series and never in 23 years of preaching have I had so many people talking about the effects the homilies had on their lives. 
go to RebuiltParishAssociation.com to learn more about how the Rebuilt Parish Association can give you the resources and content you need to rebuild your parish. Welcome back to the Rebuilt Podcast. We've been talking all about defining a clear discipleship path for your church. Here at Nativity, we call them STEPS, and that's an acronym that stands for serve, tithe, engage in a small group, practice practice prayer and sacraments, and share your faith or evangelize. And so, Tom, what's the application here? What can we begin to do? How can we start working on this? You know, again, I get whoever, some team together, that's your core team. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in that together when you're, you can reflect on your own experience, what have been the things just to get them engaged? What are the things that have helped you grow in faith? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe study a couple other churches if you want to, um, evaluate what you're doing that you should keep doing. So maybe again, you're doing something as a church right, sure. that make disciples. What are you doing that you want to keep? Maybe what are things you want to stop mm-hmm. <laughs> because they don't make disciples and they're not about your dis- discipleship path and they're confusing people about what mm-hmm. they really should do. Mm-hmm. Um, because you want to get rid of any kind of competing systems, anything that's going to fight against what you what you want to do. And then mm-hmm. what are the holes in your path? What do you want? And begin to fill them in. I, and again, somewhat maybe the easiest thing, step is really, I, I wrote and added to this, is just rip off and duplicate. Yeah. I mean, we really did not, again, we make it sound like we were so, like it was such a structured path that we got to this point. But really, we started doing things, and then in retrospect, we branded them. Correct. And so yeah. if you just want to see what are other parishes doing or other churches doing that they're asking people to do to grow as a disciple of Christ and begin doing them. So take the steps, rip it off, duplicate it, call it your own, and yeah. and do it if that works for you. Or start experimenting. Hey, we think small groups are really important. Let's start pushing that. And then maybe you want to focus on just getting as many people as you want into that right now. But um, you know, figure it out what it is you want people to do right now. And, and then make moving. it easy and clear to communicate it to them and easy for them to get involved. Yes. To take their step on the path. Yeah. But you got to be clear. The, the number one step is, as a team is, what do you want people to do? Yeah. And what are you asking people to do right now? And be on the same page and then clearly communicate it and make it easier for people walking that path. Great. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today on the Rebuilt Podcast. We will see you next month. Tom, do you want to pray us out? Sure. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to make disciples, to do what your father, what your son has, has told us to do. And God, uh, help us just to understand the paths we want the people in our, par- uh, in our pews to walk in, or the paths that you want them to walk in. And God, give us this, the strength, the commitment, the discipline uh, to clearly communicate that over and over again and to make it easy for them to walk in the path of your son. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. 